Good morning, everybody, and especially to our friends online this morning. We're so grateful that you're here with us. Uh, whether you're on Facebook or at ccmonline.org or on YouTube, or maybe you're even with us uh, later on on the podcast this week, we're so grateful uh, that you are here with us to uh, celebrate this service and uh, to be with us to hear uh, an awesome message from our friend Jacques Short and to sing and pray along with us. So again, we're just so grateful. Uh, in a little bit, we'll be receiving communion. And uh, today we'll be receiving a little bit of communion because we have our kids in the room. So if you're at home, make sure that you uh, have taken a few moments to get your elements, whether that be bread or crackers and some juice, and we'll receive communion together in just a few moments. So there we go. This very ground that we're standing on is life in your hands. And these lips that you breathe on, breathe on again. And this heart that you Sweet. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. All right. I am uh, ecstatic to be up here today. Um, it's kind of weird um, for me because it's a different excitement going on in me, and I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, I am, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jacques Short, and I serve as a pastor here at Crossroads Church and Ministries. Um, I primarily deal with offering various forms of uh, professional counseling to commu- uh, partners in the community of Crossroads Church and Ministries. Um, I also serve as an elder here um, on our team of CCM. And so that is me <laughs> in a synopsis. That's not true. <laughs> um, I am excited. So um, I am excited to be here, and I'm excited to present to you, thus says the Lord, what the the word of God has given to me to deliver to you. And I'm excited because I get to give notice to everyone here. And this is the part that really thrills me and amazes me. It never happened before so, like, clearly. But um, guess what? Don't know if it ever has happened to you, but today, this moment... God, the Spirit of God is going to speak to everyone at the sound of my voice. 
all the people online that are listening to me, the Spirit of God is going to speak to you today. Now, you may say, yeah, right, I never had that happen. But honestly, you know how I know? Because I prayed and he said, not a problem. I show up all the time. The question is, are they going to listen to me? So he's going to speak to you and don't be fooled. Okay, you may say, oh, I was just thinking this. Okay, your intelligent, wise mind was just thinking that, right? No, God is going to speak through your intelligent, wise mind, okay? But he's going to be speaking to you as well, all right? So let's not delay any further. Let's jump into um, the scripture that, is, that we're going to grow from this morning, which is found in John, the book of John, and the 12th chapter and the 24th verse. And it reads... I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Um, our topic that we're going to talk from with that scripture in mind is dying that we might live, Okay. Dying that we might live is what God wants to speak to your heart. Um, now, what I'm going to do is kind of weird the way he had me do this, but hey, God is God. Um, and this is the way he chooses to speak to you. I'm going to read that verse again. But when I read the verse again, I want you to look for personal meaning as you listen and absorb what Christ is saying to you, what the Spirit is just massaging you with, okay? I want you to listen to personal meaning for yourself as I read it to you, okay? Wipe all the other mess, you know, dinner, what's for dinner, and what you're going to do when you leave here, the game, or whatever. Wipe all that out your mind, okay? Let's just focus on what matters and what's most important right now, what's life-giving, okay? So as I read it, I want you to look for personal meaning in the passage, okay? I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. All right. Just wanted you to think about that for a second. Just wanted to settle in with you because I want you to carry that with you um, as, we, as I speak today. Um, two things come to mind we're going to, obviously, we're, we're going to be, I'm going to be speaking about death is what we're going to be um, communicating to you, death. And when I read that passage, I think of two forms of death that came to mind as I was studying this that uh, God revealed to me. And we're going to talk about both of those forms of death today. Um, the first one is dying, the spiritual death. And the second is dying, the natural death. Now, when I say dying the natural death, um, that specifically means dying to anything that hinders you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. That's what I'm referring to when I say dying that natural death. Even though the kingdom order of things, um, as some of you spiritual minds might know, is in the, uh, the kingdom order is first in the spirit and then in the natural. Well, today... It's kind of weird. Um, we're going to be working from the back moving forward, okay? Um, just follow along and you'll get me. 
Um, the scripture from John 12 can be best described by me as sacrifice. When you read that, what you heard there and that I just pray that God just saturates your mind with and you absorb it is that sacrifice comes out when I think about that. You, the reason why is that Jesus gave up to go up permanently. He gave up to go up permanently. Jesus compared his own death to a grain of wheat falling to the earth, dying, and then producing much fruit. Let's look a little closer at John 12 and 24 at some words that really stand out and has great meaning where it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. What really pops out to me when I read that is that part, the phrase single seed. And Right then, God spoke something to me that i never seen before. That single seed represents no transformation. That single seed is no transformation. That seed, um, it says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Therefore, it did not fall to the ground and die. Therefore, it remains a single seed. There was no transformation in that seed, okay? However, as we go further, it says, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. If it falls to the ground and it dies, it produces many seeds. And what that represented to me that God spoke is transformation happened at that point. That's when it... and and. Follow my, my symbolism here. The ground represents a, 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 a body, okay? And the seed falls into that body, and that body is life-giving to that seed. That seed dies in that body that's life-giving, and that seed produces more out of that life-giving supply. And it's kind of the same in the spiritual, metaphorically. Um, if we think about it, we die in Christ, the body, the love, and we die given all of our self, our sins to him, and we then are uh, brought back reproducing many seeds, okay, in our life. Um, Jesus taught us to sacrifice by applying the law of verse 25. And the verse, uh, verse 25 is pretty good um, because it teaches us much there. It says, the man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, just to explain, the man who loves his life, what it's talking about is the man who loves his life um, will lose it, that's the man who loves the world, the man, the woman, the person, let's say the person, the person that loves the world, the person that loves the substance, the things of this world, the person that's controlled emotionally by the wealth of the world, by the substance, the, the glitz and glam of the world. That's the person that the word says loses it. How do they lose it? Because when you die, you can't carry that through the gates of heaven. You can't carry that new 
card that you got, you know, that you shine up every day. You know, I can't go to church today. I got to shine my car because it's going to rain a little later. No, you can't carry that through the gates of heaven. You can't carry that uh, state, you know. Some of us worship food more than we worship God. I was delivered from that, but, you know, (laughs) I know I'm the only one, right? But anyway... You can't carry those things that you desire and that control your mind, will, and intellect, your emotions. You know, you can't carry those things, material things, into heaven. So you lose it. But then it says the man who hates this life in the world will keep it for eternal life. If you hate those material, I hate those material things. I use myself um, because you can see it a little better. I I don't like, you know, the the lust of the world you know i don't like the the mess of the world i don't like the lion tongue i don't like the hatred i don't like the racism i don't like the bias i don't like stealing i don't like you know i do like the new car i got though (laughs) i don't know where that came from (laughs) it was just in my mind i do like that but i mean i'm not putting that above I did get a new car, but I'm not putting that, I'm not putting that, Lord, what are you doing? I'm not putting that above, you know, Christ and my love for Christ. It's nowhere, it's nothing like that. I like it, but it has this priority on my list of likes. Okay, and that's where I keep eternal life because I'm not worried about carrying that to heaven. I'm not worried about, you know, it doesn't control me. It's, you know, hey, honestly, it's just a car, for real. Um, It's just a house, you know, and I feel blessed that I got it. But everything that we have, we, me, my wife, we've always agreed that it's for the glory of God. You know, it's not for us. It's not for me anyway. And usually, hopefully, prayerfully, it doesn't happen this way. The Lord gave us an SUV one time, right? I mean, he gave us an SUV. Somebody blessed us with it. And do you know, what was it, a week later? Probably a week later. No, it was at least a month. Um, He said, okay, that's enough. I need you to hand this over to such and so and so. We had to give, give it away and bless somebody else with it, you know. So hopefully that's not the case this time. And please forgive me. I don't even know how I got on that. Um, let's get back. Um, we just have to be willing in our lives to learn how to die to the things of this world in small ways, which will develop into larger ways, you know, as we process and, and as maturation takes place. Um, for example, so that you can understand a little better, when I say dying to the things of this life, um, 28 years ago, I married this lovely woman right here on the front row. My pet name, that's my sexy lady. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I married that woman, and um, we, we, when we got married, um, it's kind of weird. We loved each other, but all hell still broke out. Um, we had problems communicating. Um, we had problems really seeing that we love each other. You know, we loved each other, but we couldn't see it. We could only see the differences. And, you know, we just kept going at each other. 
I know you don't know anything about that because, you know, life has been beautiful for you. But honestly, those six, seven years was, it was not good. It was not good, you know. Um, We still stayed together. We stayed in the same house. We stayed in the same bed because I told her before I married her, um, I don't care what happens. I'm not leaving my bed. I'm staying right here. So obviously she had to put up with it. And obviously she didn't leave her bed either. <laughs> but um, we stayed together and we loved each other. However, um, I started praying to God during that time because I was a little spiritual at that time. And so I said, you know, God, I did half the work for you. Honestly, I, I really did. I did half the job for you, Lord. And I've identified what's wrong. I have identified what's the matter with my wife. I said that, and I feel so stupid telling you I said this, but I, I finally see what it is, Father, and all you got to do is just change a few things, and we will be good. You just work some things out, my wife, you know, this is what she's been doing, this is what's been happening that stimulates my response. If you take, once you take care of that, we good, Lord. It's, it's no problem, um, and I'm not going to lie to you, in my mat- in my lack of maturity at that time and understanding, um, I prayed that for a while, you know, for a while. And then finally, I got serious. I'm like, I can even, I'm a faster than pray it. <laughs> Don't know why I went that far, but it was in my spirit. And I did. And right then, right then, God showed me something. He immediately revealed to me myself. It was like a mirror was placed up, and he revealed myself and said, just as clear, take care of that, and everything will be good. I'm like, oh, crap. We're supposed to be helping my wife. I'm a praying man, husband, and I'm praying for my wife to help her. You know, and later I realized that that was a prayer of witchcraft, you know. I shouldn't be praying to change her. I can't pray to change what God has created in her. You know, God has to work that out and not change, but enhance what he's already placed in her. So that's kind of, and when, when it happened, you know, and I started looking at me slowly, but surely things started changing with my wife. So actually I kind of had it figured out. It wasn't her, it was me. And after I got my act together, then you know, she was like, okay, finally you got your act together, so I might as well step up to the plate. So it was kind of like that. Um, but things just started working. Why? I had to sacrifice to that time, though. I had to let go of some of the things that I was holding on to. Anger, um, pride, oh my goodness, pride, you off-the-roof pride. Whoa, I don't want to fall off. Um, off the roof pride, but um, the things that I was holding on, I had to let go of. Um, lying tongue, you know, a lot of that stuff. And for me, you, you might say, why was it so difficult? Because I have lived that, had lived that life all my life. And it became a part of my life, and I didn't see nothing wrong with it. And that's some, of the, that's some of what we all deal with now. We've been living the way so long, we don't see anything wrong with it, and it appears that it's okay, but really it's not. 
in those two scriptures that we just read in book of John, John supports that only when we give up our self-life and die can we really live. There's a um, reading that I want to uh, that I want to read to you that was passed on to me while putting this uh, message together by Henry Nowen, and it's called Spirituality of Waiting. And it really spoke volumes to me. And I want to read this to you. You might can relate to it as well with what we're talking about. Yes, Lord, I have to die with you, through you, and in you. And thus become ready to recognize you when you appear to me in your resurrection. There is too much in me that needs to die. False attachments, greed and anger, impatience and stinginess. Oh Lord, I am self-centered, concerned about myself, my career, my future, my name and fame. Often I even feel that I use you to my own advantage. Those of you who um, follow the Enneagram with uh, Pastor Scott and Claire... Um, I'm a three, and that just yelled out at me when I first read it. I'm like, holy, it's speaking to me. Who, who wrote the patterns of my life down and produced that? That's crazy. But those are the things that I was dealing with, the false things that were in me, that wanted me to believe that they're the trueness of my life. Um, yes, Lord, I know it is true. I know that often I have spoken about you, written about you, and attacked and acted in your name for my own glory and success. Your name has not led me to persecution, oppression, or rejection. Your name has brought me rewards. I see clearly how little I have died with you, really gone your way, and been faithful to it. Oh, Lord, make this Lenten season different from the other ones. Let me find you again. Amen. That is a very powerful writing that really speaks words of my very own heart. Um, We are in this season of Lent, which is a time to practice dying in small ways. The Holy Spirit has broken the bondage of sin and control over your life. You are free to live in the Spirit. Paul tells us in Romans 8 and 6, but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. The question is, as I read that, and every time it jumps out to me, the same question, who or what is controlling your mind? I intentionally pause for you to think about self. Who or what is controlling my mind is what we should ask ourselves. Um, The Holy Spirit controlling your mind makes it easier to avoid sin and, and, and even the very temptation of sin. As I told you, I had to die to self and the sin in my life in order to prosper my marriage. And there's a lot of things in your life that you're dealing with that God is speaking to you today and showing you and, and telling you what you need to die to in order to prosper and advance your life. Um, you see, Jesus even had to sacrifice and give of himself. Before we can reign with Christ, we must first share in his sufferings. When God begins to do a new thing, old things must pass away. You can't carry that old mess with you. Um, in order to experience resurrection, we too must die. And when I say we too must die, 
the literal sense of what I'm talking about is not giving up your natural life um, through suicide or something of that magnitude, but actually being willing, keyword willing, to give up your sinful life, which can only happen through submitting your life to the Lord. And right now is one of the most important moments in your life. Right now, I'm going to uh, give, offer an opportunity for any and everyone to accept Christ as their personal Savior. So right now, if you never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, here's your opportunity to do it and to be led and guided by Christ and to be in his family and receive heaven <laughs> as it is on earth. You know, receive it on earth. Um, the other thing is if you've accepted Christ and you've walked away from Christ, which I've done many times in my life, um, intentionally, I walked away from Christ. How did I walk away? I gave things of life more, more time than I gave him, more acknowledgement than I gave him, um, more presence than I gave him, more love than I gave him. That's my definition of walking away from Christ, walking away from him. But then, you know, I came right back. He was there to love me and embrace me. If that's you, then maybe you want to join us too. Or if you're like me now, I, every day I, I'm asking Christ to save me. You know what I'm saying? Lord, save me. I am no good. Save me because I'm nothing without you and I need you. I don't want to, I know we got the theologians, the theologically, you know, yeah, once you're saved, you're saved. You don't need to ask Christ into your life. Remember I said Jacques. This is what Jacques does. This is what helps me. Because, see, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, good as a lot of other people. Um, I have to remind myself who I belong to. I have to remind myself who controls me, who I submit myself to. I have to remind myself that I am saved. So that's why I do it. So right now, I want to ask you, if that's you, you fit any of those categories, I'm going to ask you right now to just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to confess, to tell you, Let's make it easier. That I am a sinner, which you already know. But I recognize that I need you in order to overcome sin. I need you to receive salvation. So right now, I ask that you allow me into your kingdom to be a part of your family to be my father and I ask that you continue to speak to me to guide encourage love and just help me be what you have created me to be in Christ Jesus name amen now, praise God, when you die to sin by giving your life to the Lord, you limit the devil's control in your life. 
And that's what has just happened. We refreshed our minds, some of us. Some of us has given ourselves to the Lord. When you live in God's spirit, you encounter the control of the Holy Spirit who gives you new life and peace, as we mentioned earlier. Your sinful nature no longer controls your thoughts and your actions. They don't have control over you. Now that you have asked Christ into your life, you're willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is now available to you and and to enable you to turn from sin and evil. Why? All because of your willingness. All because of your willingness. So it's time to put on your Christ swagger as I'll say from the streets. It's time to put on that Christ swagger. And, and if you don't know what swagger is, look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> Wikipedia tells you everything. Um, once you put on that Christ swagger, you put your foot on the head of the devil, stopping his attempt to keep you from dying to simple acts and patterns in your life. That, uh, and, and, and those attempts keep you from living in the fullness of what God has created for your life. So it's time to put your foot on the devil's head and say, no more. No more. I will die to things in small ways this week, beginning today. I always say everything starts on Monday. So when I start my diet, it's on Monday. But you know what? Today's my Monday. I start today. Dying to small things in small ways today. So let's make a declaration together in closing, putting the devil on notice and encouraging ourselves, all right? Say it with me. I am a child of God. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) You just didn't hit the mega million, did you? How confident. I'm going to give you exactly what I heard. I am a child of God. Some things it's okay to be, you know, oh, sophisticated about, you know. And I don't want to yell it too loud because I don't want to interrupt my neighbors, you know, sitting next to me. But, you know, and I don't want to get all up out of my seat, you know. Um, sometimes I got to jump out of my seat with what I say or with what I do. It don't matter if you don't understand it. You can come ask me about it later. But, you know, you just said, I am a child of God. Like that. It was in question to me. It wasn't like you believe it. It wasn't like you received it. It was in question. So let's say it again. I don't know how you believe. If that's how you believe, that's okay too. I am a child of God. I belong to God's very own family. See, I like that. When the rest of the world is down and out, you rise up your voice and declare, I belong to God's very own family. The Holy Spirit tells me so. I will share both in the suffering and glory of Jesus. I choose to die to sin in small ways each day so that I might live in the fullness of what the Lord has for me. 
I am free. I am free from the control of sin. Oh, Lord. Ooh, that gives me shivers because I know my life. I know my past. I know my sickness in a bed. Um, determined to die, you know, by the world, but living even on. I know the mess I've been through. And when I say that word and I realize that word, I am free. I am free. I know my history. Hey, don't we know my history, brother? Don't we? Ask me about that later. (laughs) I am free from the control of sin in my life. In Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Bless Bless Yes. I, I don't know everything Rosie knows, but <laughs> no. I know some of it. You know, I think about the fact that, um, no. so there's a song, you know, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, you turned me around, how he placed my feet. They're trying to find the key I started it on solid ground. We can sing it a cappella. You make me want to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy. Of all the glory, of all the honor, and all the praise. It makes me want to shout. So, you know, one of the things I love about Crossroads Church is the multi-vocal approach to God. Like you hear voices, things that are said that you go, what? And that is so good for our souls. Because you know, the last time you were curious was the last time you made a good move. Once we think we know what we know, how we know it, I remember Scott and I, sweetie, come up here just for one second. When we um, gave our lives to Christ on December the 19th, 1980, because it's the 21st, 20th, he always corrects me. And we were in the back seat of a Ford Fiesta, and we prayed, and the, what did we pray? Ready? One, two, three. Help. So that was our big sinner's prayer, Jacques. Help. So we got to Scott's mom's house, and we said, We just gave our lives to Christ. And she said, well, what did you pray? We said, help. And she said, well, let me give you the sinner's prayer. Because I want to make sure you cover all the bases. And and so, you know, we took her little prayer, and and it was a beautiful prayer. And then I kind of actually started praying that prayer every single day of my life for probably five years. It was, it was, it just became something that woke me up. 
and help me pay attention. So here's what I want to ask you. What one thing woke you up and helped you pay attention today? What was the thing that Jacques said? What was the song that woke you up? What was the moment where you said, I want to be awake to God. I want to be awake to God. I do not want to be asleep to God. I want to be awake. I want to be walking. I want to be aware. I want to have a mirror if I need a mirror. So anyway, okay, I know I'm letting you go home. But to, today, 41 years ago, Scott and I gave our, um, our, our vows to each other. And we made a commitment to each other. And we said to love, to cherish, and sickness and in health, and good times and in bad. When you're wrong, amen. Right? <laughs> and we, we, did, we, we, we did make a commitment to be awake to our love to each other. And I want to tell you guys something. The reason that I want to marry this man again every day, except for some moments, is because we keep making vows to each other. I'm telling you, a loving, living relationship has some vows going on that are, you know, like today, you know what he said to me? You want to go watch the musical Menopause? Now that's dear. Uh, and I said, oh my gosh, that sounds like a blast. That's what we're doing for our anniversary. We're going to watch. Honey, I think you're scary. <laughs> and so, this is funny, you guys, that this is what he has to do on our 41st anniversary. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Actually, I said, let's go to Macedonia. It was the first thing. I yeah, said. that is the first we thing to talk to Jess. And then um, anyway, but we're going for a musical. But I said, you know, I. I just want to say, you shock me all the time. Like, not let me take you to Rome, Italy. You want to go watch the musical Menopause? And here's what I want to say to you. Would you guys just shake it up a little bit? Would you start to, would you start to um, uh, say, oh, I love when someone like Jacques starts talking to me and tells me to get my swagger on. And, and say, I am a child of God, right? Because you know what happens? You wake up, and I want to be awake. I want to be awake to the love of God. I want to be awake to the goodness of God. I want to be awake. I don't want to fall asleep. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to say, we're going to sing this one more time the way Jacques would tell us to. So stand on up. Stand on up. We're going to sing this. No, sweetheart, don't go anywhere. This is awesome. Because, you know, this is like, I'm thinking about the anniversary of the first help, right? And um, yeah, it's good. It's good. And so let me just say, when you get to be my age, you can do whatever you want. When I think about the come on, think about the Lord. Think about that first day, how he with the Holy Ghost. So I'm thinking about Sam right now, and I'm thinking about a day that we were actually in church, and there you had gone through a really hard season, one that you confessed a few weeks ago where you didn't know if you believed God was good to you. And you went home in your own little prayer room and had communion with God. I'm not going to tell the whole story because I won't do that. You can do that next time you preach. 
but how God visited you in a way with the Holy Spirit that day, that you just wept and prayed and prayed and wept. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that. When I think about the Lord, Don, I'm thinking about you when you were 10 years old at my house in River Rouge, and you just came down the hall and you said, you know, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven with you and Uncle Scott. I mean, not that day he didn't want to go, but I want to go to heaven with you and Uncle Scott. And I just think about how he, you know, a little 10-year-old boy that had a heart for God, had ministry in you from, from so little. And that, and there you are, you're still giving it to us. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, Jess, I'm thinking about you for a minute here. And I'm thinking about when you told me you had a dream and I came to you in a dream and we had a conversation and you turned your life and started to walk toward God. And I am telling you, I've watched you walk toward God. And your walking toward God helps us walk toward God. And so we just want to say, when we think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he And that those doctors at Mayo said that there was really, you needed to count down the days. And is it how many years later? 28? Almost 30 years, right? Yes! When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Shout like you just got healed. Shout like God just said you're forgiven. You're a child of God. Go have a great week, everybody. We love you. Oh, there it is. There it is. Goodness and what it done for me when I think of his goodness.